Hi everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Jim. And this is The Dapper Meeple. This show is about our love of gaming, the games we play, and the gaming community around this passion. So pull up a chair, put on your Dapper Meeple hat, and join us at the table. Hey kids, remember, this is an adult podcast and may contain adult language. Also, Dapper Meeple hat, not required. Hey everyone, on today's episode, we're going to talk about plans going into the new year and our 10 by 10 challenge. Also kids, make sure you don't let your love of a franchise get in the way of a good game. We're also going to discuss the possibility that Wizards of the Coast has become the new BBEG. All that and more on this episode of the Dapper Meeple. All right, so here we are, back again with a new year. This is the first show of 2023. We've been able to sit around the table and play some new games, break out a couple of games that we've been looking at for a while. And, uh, I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, I, I think we started last year with the whole New Year, New Us thing, and that didn't last very long. Um, but this year, we've already made strides to be better. <laughs> <laughs> See, here we go making plans again and stuff. Yeah, it's good good times, good times. Uh, but no, we're we're glad to... Start another year. Glad to make some more episodes. I'm just really excited to see where this takes us this year. We had a lot of really cool things happen last year. We got to lead a, meet a lot of really cool people. Uh, just a, a lot of like engagement with the hobby and with the community that what is what we really enjoy. We had a couple games that we broke out and got them onto the table. Like we spent an entire weekend um, playing games. I don't know if anybody else has to go through this, but we put like two solid days in. Yeah, like. Eight to ten hours, and I think we made it through like four games. It was a lot. I feel like we have trouble. We have trouble just sitting down and playing games. I feel like that's one of. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that finding the time for it. But it always feels like we have other things, especially with the D and D campaigns that we run and the games we play in. It's always tough just to sit down and just play board games. Yeah, it always feels like there's something going on. Um, we did get a couple of days though where we did get to really d- dig pretty deep into a couple of games yeah uh, we had some games that we picked up at pax um some that we saw at pax that were bought as christmas presents so we had we had a bunch of stuff on the table to really try and knock down that shelf of shame which, right you know was getting ridiculous which barnes and noble did absolutely nothing to help with a hey all games 50 percent off yeah jeez. anyway uh if y'all missed that sale I've never seen it before, so it's probably not coming back. Um, But maybe next year, Uh, maybe after Christmas next year. But yeah, so uh, we picked up a bunch of different stuff over there. Um, I know I got five or six different games. I probably would have got more, but I couldn't carry them. So it's a good thing we don't have shopping carts. One of them that I was really excited to get to the table, and we'll do like a full breakdown and review and maybe even have the guys that designed it come on and talk about it was the boys this is gonna hurt board game if you're familiar with the comic or the tv show now supers in this universe are created uh scientifically and then they're kind of controlled by corporations and i know the author hates superheroes like this whole idea that if you woke up one day and found out you had superpowers everybody would be all nice and take care of things and you know save the world and he's like nah i don't think that would happen and I think this might be a little bit more of like a truer look at what would happen if people woke up with superpowers. Within the game, you play as a CIA agent, and your job is to go around and recruit uh, soups. You start out by recruiting like 
you know, B-list celebrities, yeah, right? B-list soups. <laughs> Until you get powerful enough to recruit, you know, the alpha soups. And then you have to take on the one that's kind of like, he's like their Superman. He's gone crazy. He's destroying the world. And throughout the game, he like blows up parts of the world while you're trying to recruit. And it's a mess. But I thought it was a fun game. Yeah, I, I thought it was very cool. So I've never read the comics. I've only seen the show. I have kind of like seen the comics, but didn't really have any interaction with them until the show came out. I like the artwork in it. The artwork yeah. style is very cool. It's the original artwork from yep. the comics because the author is working with the company that made the game. Yep. yep. Uh, but I like the <laughs> the like obscure references to various things. So just to give you an example, if any of you have seen the show, it, one of the very first things that happens is one of the characters, Huey, who's kind of like he starts out as a non superhero kind of thing, but he is like you have this whole like 15 minute backstory with him where you find out he like has a dead end job, but he's got this really cool girlfriend that's like pushing him to be better. And they're standing on the curb, like uh, getting all emotional. And then this like blur goes by and he's standing there holding her arms. Yeah. Because the guy who was basically like the flash ran through her. Yeah. It's, it's crazy and it's very graphic, but there is a card in this game that is like Huey's girlfriend's arms. So, like stuff like that is really cool that they brought in like original concepts from the game. Uh, you have all these random soups that most of them you would never have heard of unless you go back and read the comics. Yeah. Uh, but they all seem like pretty cool and thematic. And there's some really like neat interactions between them. They have some of them that are they're called duos where it's like their partner or whatever. And when you have both of them on your team, you get extra bonuses. So there's a lot of really cool stuff there. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a pretty fun game. I like the gameplay. It, it takes a little while to get going because it's kind of one of those, like it's almost kind of like a deck builder because you're building your team. Yeah. Um, before we started playing it, we've got a TV, like a smart TV in the game room. So I just threw YouTube up there and I'm like, hey, let's see if we can find like any reviews or playthroughs on this just to kind of give us an idea to jumpstart us while we're playing. And uh, we found one. We found a review and I was like, hey, let's see what this is. Or I think you found it before and I went back to rewatch it. And there was a review that somebody had done on it. Um, this guy's got a YouTube channel. Um, I didn't even write it down because it was just like, I don't think I want to ever hear from this guy again. His review was so bad. Like, <clears throat> he complained about the most ridiculous things. In the game, you collect, you know, resources. One of the resources is money. And you're dealing, you're dealing like on the government CIA corporate level, right? Yeah. So you don't deal in little money. So your money comes in. 5 million, 10 million, or 20 million. And the guy was complaining because on the 5 million block, it looks like a little dollar bill, it had the face of one of the soups, Terror, who's a dog, right? Yeah. He's like a French bulldog. And that was his face. He's like, it's the, if I was in that universe, would my money have this face of this dog? I'm like, what the fuck is you? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're playing a board game. This isn't some kind of immersive, interactive experience, jackass. I just, it, it just his whole review bothered me. By the end of it, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to like this game no matter what now, just for this guy. <laughs> there, there was a lot of stuff that he brought up with the game that was petty. It to me, I, I, I think you said it best when we were watching it. It seemed like a person who like was a big fan of the comics mm -hmm. and expected something like a comic. But as we all know, board games are not that. No. Um, some of them tell stories, but most of them don't. 
Right. Like they're just, they're an experience. They're just an enjoyable experience. Right. And I think that leads to replayability. But one of the comments he said was, if you're looking for Garth in his storytelling, you're not going to find it in this board game. And to me, as somebody who enjoys and loves board games, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not, there are very few games that I would expect to be able to have the storytelling capabilities of a comic. They're just not designed that way. Like, you want a board game that's engaging, that you have mechanics that you're able to play through, and that you can play through the game, and it's not going to be the same storyline every time. Yeah. You know, there has to be some deviation, otherwise it's going to get stale and you're not going to play it. Yeah, and there are there are games that have, like, themes just tacked on, yeah. but they're normally very generic themes. Yeah. Uh, this one, I don't, f- I feel like there is enough, like, thematic weight that it isn't just you could take this and tack a different theme on it and play the same game. Yeah, the game is designed very much in that realm. You're recruiting these soups, which yeah. exist in that world, to go deal with the big problem, which is Homelander. Yeah. Um, which was another one of the complaints is we bought the like we got the full deal. So we, we got, got the deluxe edition. Right. <laughs> so it come it came with a lot of uh, minis for the soups that you get to recruit and the ones you get to use. And it also came with a like five, six inch bust of Homelander that goes in the middle, which is his, you know, he's in a like space station blasting yeah. the earth parts you don't like. Yeah. And he was like, I wish it would have done something else. Dude, it's a giant plastic bust. What do you think minis do on a board? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he wanted it to like, you know, maybe Homelander looks at a certain area and if he's looking at that area, like, well, it's not a terrible idea for a mechanic i think it complicates a lot of things yeah and then you have to say wait did i turn homelander is he looking at the right spot like did we update him with the last thing so there are a lot of things with that that i'm kind of like yeah it's a cool piece like when you are looking at the table with it on there people will stop and go oh hey that's homelander that looks cool does it do anything no but it looks great right i mean like again our perception on this may be a little biased because we are the ones who back the giant Galactus statue from Marvel <laughs> Zombies, and I'm still waiting to see what that does. It's probably not going to do anything, but it's going to look great. Yeah. So I will, like we said, we'll put out a full review on the game, but we very much enjoyed it. Like yeah. the initial kind of run through that we did on it. There's a lot of really good things about it. It's not like a, probably not a top 10 game for me or anything Uh, at least kind of on initial impressions but i I would one of the things the guy in the review does is he says it basically is just like splendor and i just would rather play splendor and if you don't know what splendor is splendor is a little game um where you're basically doing set collection with some gems it's very straightforward Uh, a lot of people like it because of its simplicity there are some kind of decision space in there but not very much he basically compared this game where you collect soups to collecting these gems in Splendor, which I I can't I can't put that together right like, at all. But nonetheless, enough harping on this guy who the moral of the story is kids just because somebody has a YouTube channel or a podcast doesn't mean they know shit. Yep, like present company included. Go yeah. do your yeah. homework. Exactly. Don't take everyone's word that you hear on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lies. All of it. So speaking of Marvel Zombies, yep. we did get our first box in. It yes, <laughs> it came. So I, funny thing, uh, it came in 
yesterday uh, as we're recording. I got an email today that said, hey, your Marvel Zombies is on the way. (laughs) That's pretty good with like the shipping team got ahead of the production team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) good job, boots on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the first box that you get, we know this is a zombie side game. So Simon Games, Guillotine Games. It is you playing as zombified superheroes to eat people. Yeah. Right? We've probably talked this game to death at this point, but um, now that we finally got to play it, um, it it feels really good. There are a lot of really cool, unique design spaces that separate it from other Zombicide games. Yeah. Because that's one thing that I always worry about is how much Zombicide is too much Zombicide. And there are people out there who say there's never enough Zombicide. So, you know, to those people... Good on you. But I do like the design space that they're taking advantage with the superheroes being the abominations. Yes. Um, taking the place of that because they feel different. Now, I know second edition kind of came out with that where the abominations had kind of special abilities. Right. And the abominations are like the big zombies. Yep. Yeah. So but I like with the new superheroes, like they have abilities that feel like the superhero. Yeah, they do. Um, and when the other boxes come and we can actually play as the, the regular superheroes against the zombified superheroes, they have the same thing on the zombie side. Right. Each of the zombie heroes has an ability that feels like that zombie. One of the big things that I liked about the way that they did this is in the traditional zombie side, you had to find more powerful weapons to take out the bigger zombies yeah, <clears throat> or use like a Molotov cocktail or there was a special item you had to go find. With this, it really relies on your uh, powers of your superheroes and then how many attacks that you get to yeah. succeed in that round. Yeah, I like that it bases it off of hits now instead of um, the damage of your weapon. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's where the difference... Because you're, obviously you, you're not finding weapons as superheroes. You have your own thing. Um, but it, you have to have the hits on the dice. So that makes it really interesting. So there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, again, I'm sure we will go through more of this as we keep playing it. So we don't want to be dead horse, but it's so far fantastic. It's what I hoped and dreamed. Uh, I guess, you know, with our opening, one thing that we do also want to talk about that has kind of taken the TTRPG world by storm again. And by storm, I mean, everybody's in an absolute panic. It's uh, a real chicken little moment. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Um, allegedly the OGL, which is the open gaming license, basically it is the licensing agreement that allows other companies to use the SRD, which is the, uh, system reference document to use the basic information of D and D to make other products, right? You see this with Cobalt Press. You see this with, uh, Mage Hand Press, Mage Hand Press, Pathfinder, uh, a lot of companies that have used the kind of the backdrop of D&D for their product. The new version is the 1.1, so OGL 1.1 if you want to Google it. Somebody allegedly got a leaked copy of the OGL, and it's a lot more restrictive is what the general problem that they talked about. It restricts how uh, third-party publishers can use uh, the information, and um, it talks about uh getting royalties if you make over a certain amount per yeah. year on it it actually kind of drives uh fifth edition or D uh crowdfunding to kickstarter uh giving you, you know, like giving them like you they take less if you do kickstarter 
Vice Game Found or yeah. something else. And one of the big things that I've seen that people have been concerned about is that this OGL, there's a there is a line in it that says the OGL 1.1 is the basically the only authorized OGL, and this completely negates um, the OGL 1.0A, which is what we're currently under. And everybody has been, oh my god, the sky is falling. So, first of all... Not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take any legal advice from us. The one thing I'm concerned about is the fact that this has not been officially confirmed by Wizards. Now, they unofficially confirmed and denied it at the same time um, uh, with some shenanigans on their Discord channel. Yeah. But we don't have any official word from Wizards yet on what this looks like. And I'm I'm very hesitant to jump on the burn Wizards to the ground train before we get an official word from them. Yeah. There are many people who are like, well, I'm never spending another dollar on D&D things ever again. Or it's time to change my current campaign to a different system or, you know, what have you. But I, I'm not I'm nowhere near ready to get on that that train. Yeah. I'm yeah. Uh there was an article that uh was actually talking about it that it was leaked. And reading the article it's a whole lot of well, this may mean this, and maybe it means this. And so nobody really knows. Now, reading it face value, it does look like there's a lot of problems. Moving forward with third parties, um, it looks like there's a lot of problems with people that are making money in their own business that is contributing into like the larger TTRPG community. Yeah, absolutely. There, If this document is as bad or half as bad as what some people are making it seem, then there are some serious questions that need to be addressed. Absolutely. Well, like 100%. We have, we have definitely advocated for wizards to do better. <laughs> Uh, just across the board right and i mean we are the first once things are confirmed do stand up and say no 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 that is not good enough right um a lot of people are concerned and about this really alienating smaller like third-party companies and that's a big thing and one of the big things about it that has come out is they're saying that with this any content that's created under this new ogl wizards will have the rights to it and be able to use it like per like whatever they decide right so the concern is that that material gets then used by wizards without the original creators you know ability to affect it or paying the original creator um so the guy who made 26 dollars on his module that he put on drive through rpg now gets taken by wizards get put into official content that sells you know, hundreds of thousands of copies, which would be garbage. Yeah. And in which case, definitely. And if that's the intention that Wizards is going for, I know that the president um, for Hasbro came out a while ago back in December. It was like, oh, this this is one of those products that is under monetized. So this may be their attempt at trying to make a big money grab is what it, and that's what it seems like on the other side of it. For those of us that have been around for a while, I just feel like this would be. Devastating. I, I don't I think there's enough people that play that don't get involved in the politics of TTRPGs that they may be okay. But I think there's a lot of us that are going to go like, no, we'll just do something else. Yeah. I think that one thing about one thing about the growth of this community over the past few years has been the like really embracing the inclusivity of the whole thing. Right. 
right? And I think along with that comes a lot of viewpoints of making sure that people who are smaller don't get stepped on. Right. And, and that's where I think is really going to like make a difference in this. Because if you start to alienate smaller third party like creators and companies and things like that, just trying to make their own stuff, like I feel like that's kind of uh, it's kind of not a great way to go with this community. Yeah, right. It feels like it's gonna like cutting your nose off to spite your face here. Right, right. You know, I mean, fifth edition has been an absolute explosion in popularity for this hobby, and we've talked about it time and time again. Uh, guys like Dimension Twenty and Critical Role and all these live plays that are out here and people became okay with the idea of sitting at a table and playing. And it was because of live plays. And like you said, there are third party authors out there that are writing stuff that's better than what wizards has put out a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, going after those guys just seems like a real quick way for D and D one to end up the next version of like fourth edition. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's what, if I were, somebody at wizards that's what i would be concerned about yeah hasbro probably has no finger on that pulse yeah honestly yeah they, they have no clue they're just yeah. like could we make more money off of this yeah i mean that's what it feels like to me yeah um but who knows we'll see we we are not lawyers and we also cannot tell the future so just in case anybody was wondering um but i i just there's there's room here for some interesting discourse once this actually comes out right and that's my only concern right now to jump off the bandwagon and immediately go crazy without having any official word from wizards or hasbro that that makes me nervous yeah 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 well and you have to remember too that with this explosion there's a lot more options out there as well yes right so if you are concerned about it um or you don't know what you're going to do and you want to be ready Tons and tons of options. I think in our next show, we're going to put together a list of TTRPGs that we're going to try to run through this year and try to get at least a couple of games in. Um, but there's the GURP system is out there. It's just kind of a just a general, um, you can run anything you want in it, right? Yeah. Same thing for Fate Core. Uh, there's still Vampire in the World of Darkness. They're starting to make a comeback. I mean, Modifius has any flavor of RPG you would like. Uh, there's the Star Wars RPG, The Edge of the Empire. You can find you a new flavor, and these games are not difficult to learn. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of these other games that are out there uh, this year and give a like a short list, kind of like we're going to do today with board games, of games that we want to play this year. So let's go ahead, and we're going to jump right into our list and give you an idea of what we're doing this year. All right, so last year we did the whole New Year, New Us thing with no plan whatsoever. And we've basically fumbled through 2022, playing games when we can, improving things where we had to. And I think we did okay. I feel like it was a pretty good year. We had a lot of good sessions around the table. Um, We got the table built. Um, (laughs) There was improvement. This year, we're actually putting a plan together in January which if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you realize that's not normally our thing. 
Yeah, planning is not our strong suit. No, or no. any suit that we may have. <laughs> right? Wing it, it's where it's at, baby. Um, so we've put together a 10 by 10 challenge, right? So what this is, is these are 10 board games that we are planning to play at least 10 times before December 31st. Yeah. So we actually picked nine games. We're leaving a 10th spot open. That's usually you just pick your 10. But if this year is anything like the past year, there are going to be a ton of really, really, really good games that come out. So just to leave a little bit open for the future, we do have one TBD game to see uh, what comes out, especially hopefully earlier in the year. But hey, if we get to Gen Con and, you know, we still haven't picked something, we'll probably have to find something then. (laughs) (laughs) So what we'll do is we will put out our list uh, on our Instagram and our socials and everything, and then we will keep track of them there. Um, I'll get with our social media manager and put something together so we've got a good tracking system that we're going to put up. So let's talk about the rules of this. So when we say we're going to play these games 10 times, what what does that mean? Because... On our list, there are some games that have expansions. There are some games that have multiple modes. Yeah. So um, what we decided just to keep things easy is any play of this game, whether no matter what expansion it has, no matter what mode it's in, that sort of thing, any play technically justifies. And we'll kind of talk about the nuances of that as we get to the different examples. Okay. Um, But specifically, like ones with expansions, we may play without the expansion sometime. We may play with the expansion sometime. Just that we're getting 10 plays of each of these games in. Right. Okay. So here's my question. How many people does it? do we have to have playing for it to count? I think it should, at minimum, be us two. Okay. And if we have other people playing the game, that's fine. But it has to be both of us playing the game. So I didn't put any solo games on the list. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> We have a couple laying around. We didn't put those in. Yeah. I mean, I just got the full Should season be... one Final Girl set, but I didn't put that on there. So if a game's minimum to play is like three. Yes. And we play like two spots and it's just the two of us. I think it should be the minimum. Like, it doesn't count unless we have the minimum people for the game. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I was looking to see if we had any of those like that. Yeah, I'm looking too. Uh, Cult of the Deep, maybe. Probably. I think it's a minimum three. Probably. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think minimum player counts, sure. But I think the the main caveat is that both of us are actually playing the game. Got it. And with whoever else that we need to round yeah. it out. Yeah. So. <laughs> what other other lackeys that we can bring in? <laughs> whoever uh, else we can sucker into the coming <laughs> to the table. All right, so let's jump into the list here. Uh, number one should be no surprise to anyone. Uh, that is Marvel Zombies. We have talked about this game a lot because this might have been the biggest backing that we've personally ever done on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I Especially think, with them shipping charges. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. Because I think the backing was like, what, 660 or something like that? Uh, it was It was 600 and some change for sure. Was Okay. Yeah. And then the shipping costs were? Uh, like $200 yeah. for, for two-way shipping. Yeah. And then, so... We've got the uh, we got the core box this weekend, um, and then we are expecting the rest of the boxes allegedly in July. In July, um, and the rest of the boxes have like the X Men expansion, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. We got the Hydra expansion. We got the Sentinels with Professor X expansion. We got Galactus and and the Silver Surfer. Um, yeah. So and plus the all the Kickstarter extra minis 
stretch goals, you know, that Simon sends in its own extra box. Right. I think when I counted up, it was something like close to 50 or 60 other characters, like playable characters that we have coming. So so this is an easy one to get 10 good plays in yeah. and still yeah. have I mean, I think of- we could get 10 plays out of the core box for sure. Like even just the core box. But once the other stuff comes, like, yeah, that's that's a no brainer. We'll be able to easily pull 10 plays out of this, if not more. So we did get the core box on the table this weekend um, as soon as we got it in and got to play it. We were fans of Zombie Side anyway. We yeah. played Black Plague. We played Original Zombie Side. We played Second Edition Zombie Side. Um, we've even got some expansions for those that we haven't got a chance to get into yet. But this was the core box for the Marvel Zombies, and in this version, in just the core box, you can choose to be one of six heroes that have become zombies. So yeah. instead of being the heroes that are fighting and killing the zombies, yeah, now you're the zombies, superhero zombies, yeah. eating people. Yeah. So. I mean, it, it's a bl- and it's still zombie side. Like the rules are still there, yeah. right? Like the same gameplay, the same kind of feel. There was a couple changes that they made um, for this to work, but they all felt good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the the way the game plays, it still feels one hundred percent zombie side. You still have the spawns. I do like some of the. They brought in a good bit of the second edition rules mm-hmm. with some of the spawns and stuff like that, which make the game feel better. Um, cause black plague could be rough Yeah, on some of those spawns. You open a door and every single room spawns and you're like, Oh my God. Um, but yeah, this, this one's really good. I do like the new hunger system that they put in. It makes you have to like play around that and make tactical decisions, but you can't always do that because sometimes the dice gives you extra hunger. Right. And then next thing you know, you're standing in the middle of a, like a group of people and all you can do is eat one of them. Right. You have, uh, you have your basic attack you can do. Like I played, uh, Deadpool and Iron Man. So Deadpool's basic attack is three dice, and you hit on a four or better. But with the hunger system in play, every round you automatically tick your hunger up one. And whatever your hunger's at, so if you're at a two, that gives you two extra dice to your attack, um, which is awesome. Um, With everyone's devour that I saw, which is the mechanic that when you get up to um, your hunger five, all you can do is, or four, sorry, all you can do is... Uh, use the devour which is you eating a person and when you eat somebody your hunger goes back down Um, it's a really cool mechanic it gives you more on the attack side but it does limit you if you don't keep track of it and manage it yeah also with devour even if you're in a group of people and you score you know five hits you can only eat one person which is fair i mean it takes a while to eat a whole person yeah 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 Uh, there is a card though that you can it's called like feast or something like that where you can eat all the people that you have hit so right every hit is yeah yeah that was really cool um, but yeah, no, excellent so far. Really happy with it. Um, really excited to explore some, kind of the design space in it because even with the six zombie heroes that we have, it also comes with the regular superheroes, six of those that you play against that act as the abominations from traditional zombicide. Um, and each of them have their own abilities. So there's like some really cool ones like Doctor Strange acts as his own summoning portal. Yeah. Which makes complete that's sense. Right. So wherever he moves, every time you spawn like troopers, you spawn them on him as well. Um, so a lot of really cool stuff like that. So excited to see where where that goes. Really excited for the other stuff. So definitely easy 10 plays out of that one. Yeah, definitely. That we have our hands on it at the beginning of the year. So yeah, good to go. yeah. Good times. So up next, number two in the list, we put Vagrant Song. Yeah. We picked this one up. No, I'm sorry. We saw this one at PAX. Yeah. We ended up uh, holding off um, our mother 
she was she's like, I don't know what to get Josh for Christmas. So if you see any games that he looks like he likes, let me know. So this became like Mission Impossible. But <laughs> fortunately, we didn't buy it while we were there. So I went to mom and was like, hey, there's this game he really likes. And I found it and here it is and stuff. And so she bought Vagrant Song. What really got me about it, picking it up, like it's a heavy game. Like, yeah, yeah, like heavy for the, the size <laughs> of the box. I picked it up. and was like, whoa, like heavy as in like. It's got some chunk to it. Yeah, right? Yeah, like. And I think a lot of that is the the standees, because all of your characters, your individual characters have standees, and then all of the uh, hates, 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 yeah. hates. It's an old word for ghosts, Yeah, because this is like 1920s, and you're like some steamboat willy um, <laughs> hobos jumping trains, and you just happen to jump on. You jumped on the wrong train. You got the wrong train. Because <laughs> your train's haunted, and now you got to deal with the hates. So, which sounds like something that you had to like get out of your boot or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, but all of the vagrants, yep, because uh, I guess they just couldn't call them hobos. All of the vagrants on the train um, all play differently. Um, they all have their own individual powers, their yep. own individual things that they can do. And you play by kind of selecting what you're going to do by putting your coins on your skills and then your general abilities. You can also get skills and items and kind of build up. And what I really liked about this one is it goes by scenarios. Yeah, so it is it is a campaign-ish boss battler. Right. Technically, you can play any of the scenarios, like you can just pick it up and go to it. But it does follow a campaign format where you can play through each one as you're going. Right. Um, there's a, a lot of really good stuff in this one. And for caveat this game has been talked about by a lot of people yeah yeah and we did not know like i'd missed it completely i don't know what i was doing but i apparently didn't watch any like top games of 2021 or anything because it was on quite a few people's lists where they got the copies early there were some issues with production in this one getting it like mass produced yeah so a lot of the people who got their hands on it were just like reviewers right i.e the dice tower Going into this, we didn't have any idea what it was. We just, I saw the artwork at PAX. They had a pretty cool, like, I think it was like a six foot tall ghost playing a violin on the side of their booth. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool looking. Let's go check that out. Um, and honestly, my first impressions at PAX were not 100%. Yeah. Because uh, we, we didn't really like sit down and play it or anything. We just watched it real quick teach. And then a couple other people were kind of doing a couple of the actions. The one thing that did get me, though, were the components. Yes. Like, when I first saw those, that's when I was like, all right, that's really good production quality. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, didn't know anything about it, really, until we played it. And we were doing our usual, let's sit down, let's see if we can find a video about it, you know, as we're kind of setting things up. And then we found, like, all these reviews from everyone uh, about how this game is really awesome, and you should check this out. This is one of the best games of 2021. And we're like, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, we missed that. Uh, yeah. But it's it's definitely a fantastic game. There is so much like room for individuality between the characters, the asymmetric player powers that are in there. Each one feels different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's some really cool, like the, the way they go and work together. Um, there's some cool interactions between the characters. So the character that I started with, <laughs> when you heal yourself or you would take healing, which can get triggered um, in multiple ways. If somebody's within two spaces of you, you can go ahead and heal them. Yeah. Which the whole point of this is you got to maintain your humanity while you remind the haints of theirs, which apparently includes punching them in the face. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to punch a ghost to remind him he was once human. You know what I'm Remember saying? When you were people and I would do this to your face. 
but I do like so one of the really cool things about this is it uses a bag of tokens and the tokens are used both for the Haints turn and for the players as well. So it's the same tokens, but depending on how and when you draw them, it makes a difference what they mean. Right, right. And I do like that. That's really cool because there are only a limited number of each of the tokens in there. And the really good ones are, you know, a smaller number if the players draw them, but they're also really bad if the hates draw them. It's usually a very powerful effect. Yeah, yeah. So I like how the hates have two different moods and it changes each scenario changes differently. Uh, one of them was once when he reaches one end of the train car, he changes moods. And yeah. when he gets back to the other, he changes back kind of thing. So that's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of uh, really good design in this game. Yeah, it is. It... Um, I, I We played, what, two different scenarios? Mm -hmm. And each one felt really different. Yeah. Even though it's a boss battler, so it's like you're always going to be doing this. There's a lot of stuff to like explore. There are items throughout the three little train cars that you want to try and run and get. Yeah, there's like three different quests in each scenario that are kind of secret, but once you do them, you get to flip them over and you get a reward for them. Yep. Um, I know in the first scenario we only got two because we were like, "Whoa, we got it! This is getting out of hand. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to punch the humanity back into this guy." <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, they're really they're funny and cool quests, and they tie into whatever the haint is. So there's some really cool stuff. Um, a lot of really cool design space. Really enjoy this one. I'm excited to play this one more want to dive deeper into the campaign uh, because there are some kind of tie-ins. It's not, it's not, doesn't feel like it's completely dependent on you having played previous scenarios, at least from what I've seen so far. Uh, but there are some like little tie-ins like the, the guy we fought in the second scenario at the very beginning of the first one and kind of the flavor text, it talks about you being welcomed onto the train by this white gloved hand. Right. And it's obviously the person who like the hate that you fight in the second one. But it's one of those like, oh, all right, cool. That's a cool little tie in. Do you need to know that for the? No, you don't need to know that. But it's a cool little like. Right. Yeah, it, yeah that one works out really well. Um, yeah. And just to be clear, we're not counting our first two plays yet. So yeah. those won't count. Um, we'll get started again. Um, but yeah, uh, Vagrant Song. Uh, definitely little one. I think there's like 22 scenarios in the book. Something like that. So we'll be able to get. We'll get through that. Yeah. Plenty. Uh, number three on the list. Unmatched. So this is a game or game system that's been out for a while now. Yep. Um, I picked up a couple of the boxes. Matter of fact, at Last Packs, I think we picked up uh, Beowulf versus Little Red Riding Hood yes. and Robin Hood versus Bigfoot. Yep. Unmatched is a um, 1v1, or I guess it could be 2v2 with some of the expanded rules now. Individual like battle type game where you pick a figure, and the figures are from history, from myth, from popular uh, movies. Uh, we've got the Cobble and Fog box recently, which yep. was Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and the Invisible Man. Uh, like I said, Beowulf and Little Red Riding Hood, Robin Hood and Bigfoot, which Bigfoot's a beast, like in lots of different ways. We also picked up one of the original boxes, which I think was uh, King Arthur. It might have been Medusa. There's Marvel IP in here. You can yeah, get. Yeah, they just started releasing the Marvel characters, some Marvel characters. Yeah, Redemption Row is Daredevil, Bullseye, and so there are a lot of characters. We have about seventeen of them now. We picked up the Jurassic Park one, so we have like Ennis versus the Raptors and uh, Doctor Sadler versus the T Rex. Yeah, yeah. But the the idea is, is no matter which box you get. 
you can take characters from each box and play them against another character. Yeah. And they all have uh, certain rules for if they have to be close or if they have to be distance. And the game boards are double-sided and they have different colors and stuff to kind of show are you in the same area. Um, and that will determine what you can do. You're also building a card deck while you're doing this. So you have cards that can be used for offense, you have cards that can be used for defense, and you've got cards that can be used for both. Really interesting play, and we're looking forward to like getting into it and really digging in and playing it. Because this is one I actually have not had a chance to play yet, um, but I know you've had a few plays on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, to take a look at it. I do like kind of tactical combat games, so this should be something that I enjoy. I especially like that they are bringing in, like, I'm glad they got the Marvel IP for one. Right. Like, again, I feel like there are so many characters now that they have access to. Like, they also have the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, you can fight a lot of different people against a lot of different people. Yeah. yeah. And I think it looks like a lot of fun. The game's really easy to learn. And then, you know, you've got to kind of figure out what your particular character does. Yeah, it seems very much like a easy to learn, hard to master type yeah, game, yeah. which a lot of like tactical combat games are. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Definitely should be easily able to get ten plays out of that. Just if you go through the characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one is that one's really cool. So the next one we have on the list is another Kickstarter that we had that just came in recently, uh, Heroes of Arcadia. So we waited a while for this one. These the guys at Roll a Crit. Um, during COVID, like everyone else, things got backed up, shipping, production, stuff like that. So uh, they did finally get it to us. Matter of fact, it came to the house the weekend we were at PAX. Um, it's a good thing, too, because we were about to riot because they had it at PAX. Oh, yeah. They were like selling it at PAX. And I'm like, hey, did how much did we pay for that? Um, <laughs> rest assured, the Kickstarter version did give us a lot of extra stuff. I'm happy about that. I felt better once we got home. We did pick up a few accessories while we were up there. Yeah. Basically, you have a character which is represented by these little plastic pint glasses with have that have markings on them to represent your health. And you fill it up with your beverage of choice, and you all start in the middle, and then you all kind of like build the dungeon and then work your way out to the you know to the ends of the dungeon that you've built. Yeah, um, they have like the little octagon sided cards that you lay down for the dungeon tiles and stuff. It, it's it's a fun little party game, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess semi-drinking game, if you depending on what you put in your cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can heal yourself by filling your cup back up. So when you do uh, get the opportunity to heal, you can do that. Uh, really just kind of a cool concept. And what I really love about it, which I thought was genius, is all the pieces are waterproof. Yeah. Which it just seems like that was common sense for a game like this. But you see a lot of them that are not. Yeah, I I think that was one of the things during the Kickstarter that they were like, hey, we heard you and this is what we're going to do. So definitely a game that is all about a beverage um, should have waterproof pieces. But I pictured this one being like a fun one to take places to. Yeah. Um, So we did pick up one of the things we picked up where they made little straws that had the marks on them. So you could really use any glass as your as a health glass. So that was pretty cool. Um so I think this would be a fun one to take to like a little pub or somewhere like that. If you're going just throw it down on the table, yeah. have a good time with it, you know, that sort of thing. So excited for this one too. Um, excited to play it with a group of people as well. Uh, there seems to be some um, really fun, like light elements to this. So we'll see what we think after 10 plays. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, next on the list is one of our favorites. Uh, we picked this one up and played it this year. And then we've just backed the Kickstarter expansion for it, 
which really it seems like is going to expand what the game is, and that's Moonrakers. Yeah. So Moonrakers is a competitive deck building game where you are trying to become the new leader of the Moonrakers, who are like a space pirate organization, give or take. Um, so in the base game, it is all just straight competitive. You have a little shipboard that you can buy upgrades for. Uh, you have, of course, your starting deck of cards that you will use to either try and complete missions or try to uh, buy new cards to go in there, that sort of thing, just standard deck builder stuff. The one thing that sets Moonrakers apart, and we talked about this when we did our review, is the way that you can cooperate with other players. Yes. Um, there is a, a the way that you can do that is through trying to attempt these contracts and getting help from other players. Yeah. So a lot of times they will say, I will try to do this contract with you for X amount of the rewards and X amount of the hazard die. Right. Um, and at the beginning of that, once you decide who's helping you, the people roll the hazard die who have them. Um, you can use the shield cards in there to negate those so you don't take damage. And then, of course, you split the rewards up at the end if you're successful. So it's a really great game. I love that element of it. Since we have done the initial review of it, they've come out with a couple things. Uh, one is the Kickstarter, which basically adds more of three expansions, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three expansions, and they add more of what makes the game good. Yeah. So there are more cards in one expansion that's kind of what it focuses on there are more ship upgrades in one of the other expansions which is kind of its main focus um and then there's just more general things to do like missions and stuff like that in the other one so that's great it's adding more of what the game is yeah so that's what a good expansion i feel like does either fixes a problem the game has or just continues to add to what the game has so that's part of it the other thing they came out with was a app driven um cooperative mode right that you can either play solo or you can play with other people where you play against the app and you all try to complete these missions when you're playing using the same kind of rule set of the deck building and all that sort of stuff right so that one i've played on my own i don't think you've had a chance to play that yet not yet but excellent it uses the core game which i love the core game it's very it's fantastic it's very streamlined it works really well so with this one, this is kind of one of the caveat ones because we're probably not going to play the regular core game ten times. No, no. Um, hopefully, the expansions and stuff get to us sometime this year. Uh, I don't know if they've set an official date lately, um, but they—I'm sure it'll probably. I think be they were talking time. April with the latest update. Yeah, April May. So it's like, so um, we'll probably end up playing this some with the expansions will probably some with the app driven part as well. So there's going to be a lot of mixed bag with this one. Um, but that's kind of one of the caveat ones that we put in there. Yeah, right. Uh, Cause we will eventually get 10 plays of it. It just might probably not going to all be the base game. Next up, one of our favorites, cult of the deep. This is a game that, I mean, we've raved about. We've had a blast playing this game. It is a social deduction game with, there's a, kind of a rolling uh like a yahtzee roll mechanic in it um you're basically a cult and some person is the cult leader some of you are trying to save them and keep leadership where it is others are trying to uh get rid of that and you know put in new management uh and nobody really knows exactly you know you have to figure it out which is part of the social deduction side these are from the guys uh ba games which we've had on the show and have talked about it and it's really a great game it's not just a social deduction game. There's so many other elements that come in that just yeah. make it good. 
we're going to try to play this one 10 times this year. Um, and there's a couple things that we're doing. We're trying to get with one of our local game stores to do a night where we get to like show the game off. We've got a couple of copies now uh, local in the area here. And we're going to put those up and get some people to come in and play and just kind of uh, show the game off for a couple yeah. of reasons. One, it's a great game. Two, I would like to see the BA games guys sell more games like here in our home, like our home area. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a fantastic group of of guys, fantastic company. Um, they got some a really cool game coming out soon to Kickstarter, which when that actually hits, we'll talk more about that. So, this is one of those games we definitely want to support, not just because we enjoy the game, but also we enjoy the people behind it. You're right. Um, so we want to make sure we're we're going to get our ten plays in of this one for sure. Um, and a big thing, like you said, we want to really um, expand the amount of people who have actually seen it. Um, the amount of games that come out each year now is ridiculous. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, we're in the golden age of wargaming. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, again, when we find not only good games like this, but also games that have good people behind them, like we definitely want to support them. So that's one of the big reasons why this this makes our list. Um, and it's it's also just a fantastic game. Yeah, it just really right. is. From I mean components to gameplay to everything, it's just it's just such a good game. Yep. So looking forward to getting this out and showing it off. Uh, next up, Wonderlands War. All right. So if you have not heard about this game, you've probably been living under a rock. Uh, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and again, we missed that whole vagrant song thing for a year. But yeah, we get it. We're with like, you under the rock. But hey, just so you know, we also have our own rock. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, no, this game has been talked about a lot um, uh, across the board. This one kind of hit with a big splash uh, once the Kickstarter actually delivered, uh, which was earlier last year. Um, a lot of people just jumped on it and loved it. So basically what it is, is a combination between bag building and area control. Uh, probably the best description I've ever heard is it's like Quacks of Quedlinburg and an Eric Lang game got together and had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that, that checks so, out. Yeah. And so wonderful, hilarious, like bag building set in the world of Wonderland. So Alice in Wonderland, you play as one of six different characters, if I remember correctly. It's the uh, Queen of Hearts, Alice, Mad Hatter, Cheshire Cat, Jabberwock, and Jabberwock. It's five. Five. So you play as one of five different characters uh, that represent the different um, factions of Wonderland. And in the game, when you're building your bag, you have what's called a tea party. So you in the middle of the board, there's like this table set up and you lay cards around the table and each of you works your way around the table trying to recruit new chips for your bag or to recruit other Wonderlandians. And there's all kinds from like the White Rabbit. Uh, you got uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yep. Yep. Um, the Walrus, who's my personal favorite. <laughs> He, he did put in work for you. He so, did. <laughs> um, but you, you move around this board and you pick up those um, or recruit those chips. You can also, there are other actions that you can do there. But once the tea party is completed, everybody has made five choices, basically. Uh, you get to the actual area control side of it. So during the tea phase, you have placed kind of people throughout the board in the different zones. And then you just go zone by zone, uh, pulling chips out of your bag for the combat and seeing if you get madness chips or whether you get power to add and then whoever is successful gets the victory points for that zone it plays over three rounds um it's pretty straightforward it looks complicated yeah it does like at, at first glance it's like geez that's a lot of different moving parts but once you get into it it's really not bad um the one thing that i 
I'm sad of is we have just the basic retail version. We don't have like the upgraded one, and those upgraded components look so good. <laughs> still the same game. It still counts. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's a fantastic game. Uh, we have actually only been able to play it once, uh, but we played it with... Um, so my wife actually played with us, who is not a huge board gamer. She just not. And I was surprised how well she took to this game for being how heavy it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like normally she she'll hop on some light games, take it to ride one of her favorite, that sort of stuff. Um, but when it comes to like the heavier stuff, she normally bows out. But I mean, she really enjoyed this game. Um, I think it helped that she came in second. So, you know, she she really liked um like the way it played and stuff like that. So it's a fantastic game. Uh, I love the artwork on it. it right. And it's, an, it's the Alice in Wonderland theme, if you yeah. couldn't tell already. Um, and I really like the way that they, they've done that. Like yeah. each of those people that you pick are basically a general in their own army. Yeah. Like, so, so, and they all have individual powers. Uh, like I, I was the Mad Hatter, uh, which like you, there are tokens that you can pull that are madness tokens that can, you know, give you negative effects. But because I'm playing the Mad Hatter, madness was... Like that was my deal, so I was pulling madness tokens like crazy. And everybody's like, "Oh, a madness token!" And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" And they're like, "Wait a minute, what's he read that we're not?" Yeah, so, uh, so really cool. Uh, asymmetric player powers, you know, always a fan of that. Um, but yeah, it's just a fantastic game. It really is. Yeah. So I'm excited to get this one to the table more this year and really kind of dig into it um, a lot deeper. Uh, play the different generals and kind of see, you know, how each play style is and stuff like that. Definitely. So, uh, the next one, this one's been sitting on our shelf for a couple of years. Um, I bought this one for my birthday a couple of years ago because um, I love me. Happy birthday, me. Happy birthday, me. <laughs> um, and we picked up and it was just the core set at the time and it's Nemesis, right? Yeah. Um, if you've not seen Nemesis, if you pull it out and like lay it on the table and you look at the minis and the sculpts that they have and stuff, um, it's Aliens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like all day long, baby. This is Aliens, the board game without the official rights. <laughs> yeah. So they have to call them. Oh, there's all different names and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really well done game. Basically, uh, you're on a starship and you pick your individual character that you're going to play. Uh, you all have like the asymmetric powers still. Some people are good at leadership. Some people are good at guns. Some people are good at fixing things. You've got to kind of repair the starship you're on try not to spawn too many of the you know non-proprietary alien creatures like intrude no it's been remember. a while since we got yeah, it yeah i can't remember what they it. call them but it, it's like yeah they're aliens yeah. There's a, there's like, z- they're xenomorphs they're street, <laughs> i know what that skull looks like that's yeah. what is this um but it's it's a really fun game it's got it's got kind of like that clank mechanic where when you make noise you know, you, yeah. you draw the aliens to you, things like that. Um, but you also got, you know, different um, wind conditions. You draw, you can draw like secret uh, missions that, you know, you and your secret missions may not completely be cooperative. Yeah. So they do make it. So there are a couple different ways you can play because uh, they do have a fully cooperative mode where basically you take out all the semi cooperative elements and it's you don't have to worry about there being a traitor um, or you can play the semi cooperative mode and everybody might get cooperative objectives. You you might luck out and everybody get that because it's a random like draw or you might have somebody whose objective is you need to steer the ship the opposite direction of where you're supposed to go <laughs> or you need to be the last one left alive on the ship like stuff like that. Right. 
and then it becomes like this secret trader game, which yeah. I I think is fantastic. There are a lot of games out there that do that really well. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of them. Um, but yeah, because like some of the stuff. So in the game, there's one part of it where you have to like go and check the engines. Yeah, and the engines, the way they do it is a really cool system. They have two cards. One of them says good. One of them says bad. And you stack them on top of each other randomly at the beginning of the game. And the person who checks it lifts up both cards, sees what card is on the bottom, shuffles it however they want, good or bad, and then puts them back down. Right. And so unless somebody else goes and checks the engine, you have to take that person's word for it or not. It's really, you know, it's your choice. Um, So it's stuff like that where at the end of the game, when like if you're trying, if you don't all escape on the escape pods, if you're trying to actually steer the ship somewhere you flip over the engine cards at the end of the game to see whether your engines are good. If you're actually going to make it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So really cool elements with that. We've played this one a couple of times. I played this one more on tabletop simulator Mm -hmm. um, just because there's, there's an excellent mod that just sets it up for you. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The Um, setup is a little heavy. Yeah, it can be, but still it's definitely worth it. Um, Since we've gotten it though, there have been like, three or four expansions that are out for it so there's expansions and then there's a whole nother nemesis game that came out that doesn't use the base game uh it's like a nemesis 2.0 it's i think it's called aftermath or yeah it's, it's, yeah yeah so it is basically a full new core set there was like a crazy kickstarter for it there was a lot of crazy stuff that came with it um including like a little like mars rover thing yeah so there's a lot of really cool stuff out there um this is specifically we we have the base game, but we may get some of the expansions that come um, with the base game. Yeah, I think so. I doubt we're going to jump into the other one, but who knows? It's we'll save whole, it for next year's list. Yeah, it's a whole year. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, but definitely one I'm excited for because uh, I do enjoy this game very much. And I think this game, even though I've played it a lot solo, I, it really adds elements to it when you put people with it. So last one that we have actually named on the list is Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. Alright, so I was excited when this game first came out. And I've had this game for a few years now. Uh, because I originally, when I first got into like heavier games, I picked up Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. So, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, app-driven game by Fantasy Flight, uh, where the app basically controls the game. Um, once you get the board set up, it controls it and be moving all that kind of stuff. I was like, that's cool. I'm not a big like Cthulhu themed person. Like it's a great game. I'm just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they announced Lord of the Rings journeys in middle earth, which basically takes that system and it puts it in Lord of the Rings and it is fantastic. So this one, we just have the base game for it. Um, but we've played, we've actually played it a couple of times. I love the way that it just controls everything for you. It yeah. makes it feel like a true adventure. I think we did an actual review on this when we talked about that. Yep. It was like, this is like the gold standard of having an app-driven game. Yep. Like, just the way that app is designed and the way that it does everything it's supposed to do for you to make the game work. Yep. And, of course, since then, we've had Lucky Duck has really come on the scene with their apps. And they've hit really heavy, so... I- yeah, they they're doing a really, really great job. Just kind of to throw that in there, because um, that may be our TBD game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, they do a lot of really good work with this. You have the different players. There are multiple expansions out now. I think there's like five or six. A um, couple of big box expansions, a couple of little box ones. I know you can play as Gandalf with one, so that's one I want to pick up. Right. Because who doesn't want to be the wizard? 
Um, but yeah, a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, I like the the way they do the the items in the um, the items in the game where you can find different ones. Uh, you can do it as a campaign. You can do it as a single scenario. Really, however you want to play this game. But the app controls not only um, the enemy movements, but also which tiles you end up placing. So even if you do the same quest two times in a row, it's going to be slightly different. Right. It'll change the tiles that are actually placed out and so that the map looks different. So I, I do enjoy that because that really ramps up the replayability. So excited for this one. This one will probably be a base game slash expansions. Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Which that still counts. Still yeah. counts. Expansions are still part of the game. Yeah, definitely one that I'm excited to um, get to the table 10 times. The last spot that we have is to be determined. We yep. are got our eye on a lot of games that are coming out in the you know first half of this year um, that are going to be exciting, and we don't know which one that we want to put into this. Now, we're eventually going to play all of them, but to finish off our 10 for 10 challenge, um, I definitely want a good game in there. The one that you were looking at, the new one from Lucky Duck. So Lucky Duck and Van Ryder Games have partnered up to make a game um, where you're playing as this detective in like the 1980s in Louisiana and there's murder and there's witches and vampires uh what's the dark quarter yeah and it looks fantastic uh, it's on late pledge right now um it looks really good it could be our na- it could be the one that we want to do yeah um i do like a lot of these like with lord of the rings and a lot of these app driven games they are campaign like so yeah. it makes it easy to get 10 plays in cuz you're forwarding the story yeah and i mean there are a lot of games we could have put on this list too I mean, we have a lot of really good games, and but I do believe that this next year is going to be just as good as this past year. Mm-hmm. There are going to be a ton of really, really good games coming out. So uh, I'm excited to see what new comes out because I definitely want to play new stuff as well. Um, I mean, they're always making innovations, new mechanics for games or new ways mechanics are implemented. Right. New themes, all, all kinds of good stuff like that, where you know, you never know what is just around the corner. So, so there it is, our ten by ten challenge for twenty twenty three. Hey, if you're doing something similar, we would love to hear about it. Maybe you're doing a five by five challenge because ten by ten is a little aggressive. Um, but if you're getting out there and you're playing games and there's some stuff that you know you want to share, feel free to drop us a line and uh, let us know. One objective left for Zombie Deadpool: devour the last bystander. Okay, first action, I'm going to open the door. And that flips the bystander card, and it's Blind Al. Oh, maximum effort. <laughs> and that's two hits, enough to devour Blind Al. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening to our show. I'm Jim. And I'm Josh. Good night, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around and listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, let me ask you a favor. Follow us and leave us a like wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. And if you have anything to say back to us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for The Dapper Meeple. On Twitter, our handle is at The Dapper Meeple or email us at dappermeeplegaming at gmail.com. And as always, we'll save you a seat at the table.